This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, happy to have with us the founder of Community Movement Builders, also its director, as we do well to get an update on what's going on in Atlanta. In fact, there's a press conference this morning, this Thursday morning, in front of City Hall to respond to the latest. Petitions have been circulated, petitions have been signed, petitions have been turned in, but the city clerk is hesitant to count the petitions. And there's a little something going on with the court too, but the Stop Cop City movement is not deterred. Here to bring us up to speed and let us all know what we need to be doing is our brother Kamal Franklin, Community Movement Builders. Brother, hey, thank you for joining us on Make It Plain. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you and I appreciate your, your audience. So yeah, thanks. Yes, sir, brother. Good to have you with us. So now you all turned in petitions, I believe last Thursday or Friday. I know we just turned in per petitions this Monday. Monday. Okay. I'm sorry. The days are running yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. Forgive me. <laughs> so you just turned them in Monday. And what was the immediate reaction of the city clerk? But the city clerk started to receive the petitions as we were led to believe that they would based on some prior conversations. And then they noted, they gave out a memo to us, to the media that was from the clerk's office and the official position of the city, which was that they would accept the petitions, but they would not start actually counting the petitions in terms of verifying the petitions because they said there was a stay by the 11th circuit and they wanted to wait until that stay was finished, or I guess that, until that case was heard. And we immediately went into negotiation mode around whether or not we would even let them keep the signatures considering everything that's happened prior and considering that they already knew what their posture would be before we gave in the signatures and they did not say anything to us to alert us that they would not immediately get begin the verification process as again, the law dictates that they should. So I want to be clear that there is nothing about the stay order, which only speaks about us as organizers continuing to gather signatures. It has nothing to do with us turning in the signatures, nor does it has it have anything to do with them actually starting the process of verification. And the stay was a stay on a previous judge's order, correct? That extended exactly. the petition period, correct? Exactly. So the, the original petition period to turn in signatures was August 21st. Before August 21st, our side had conducted or had introduced a lawsuit because of the restrictive nature of petition gathering. Basically the city through its referendum process was saying only city residents could participate in getting signatures from other city residents. We found that to be limiting to say the least and served no larger purpose. And our lawyer went in and argued that case. The judge agreed with that argument and decided that DeKalb County residents and the larger state and the larger state could turn in the larger state. People who lived in the state could participate in petition gathering. And in addition to that, 
he gave us an extra 60 days starting from that point to gather signatures. And so the new end date for collecting signatures was then September 21st. But the intervening event was that the Court of Appeals stayed the continued collection of signatures until they made a final decision. So we decided that that at this particular point in time, at that stage, then we would give in additional signatures or give in the signatures that we'd collected, which had been then at that point, well over 100,000 signatures collected. Which is really all you can do. You, you're operating under the impression you got till September 21st. The Court of Appeals says, no, we're going to stay that extension. So you could do nothing else but the logical thing, right? And turn in the petitions immediately that you have. And I believe you said to me that in any event, is it not true, the majority of those petitions were still gathered before the original August 21st deadline, correct? Yes. Over 100,000 signatures were gathered prior to the August 21st deadline. In the extra days that we had, we gathered another 15 to 16,000 signatures. We had already verified enough to meet the 58,000 signatures, a self-verification process that showed us that we had already matched the number of uh, verified signatures needed. So we were not worried at that particular stage on whether or not the stay order was in effect or not. The only things that worried us was the city's continued attempt to derail this process by one, not until the last, not until August 21st, giving us the exact amount of verified signatures that they said was needed to qualify for the referendum. And then two, them beginning to use verification methods which they themselves had sued the state Republican Party for using when Stacey Abrams ran for governor. Those methods being exact match in terms of each column of the petition that we handed in had to match each column of the voter registration file, which means that if a phone number had changed, that could be a reason for throwing it out. If someone didn't put their apartment number, that could be a reason for throwing out. And then signature verification, which means that some bureaucrat somewhere without, not even that training would help with this, would look at the signature on the petition and compare it with the signature on the registration card and then decide whether or not those signatures matched or lined up. And if they decided they didn't, then they had the option of throwing those signatures out. We thought those were unacceptable methods of verification, obviously. And again, these were the same verification methods that the state party, the state Democratic Party, sued the Republicans for using themselves when Stacey Abrams was running for governor. So I, I want to be sure I missed something. Those verification methods, were those before the court as well? No, they were not before the court okay, okay, okay. at all. This was their th- decision. And of course, we, we enter negotiation and will wind up in court if they try to use those verification methods. I see, I see. But they did not tell us there, when we were leading up to the August 21st original deadline, they refused to tell us what their verification methods were up until the very day or the very night before we were supposed to turn them in. And we found those methods completely unacceptable. And again, decided at that point to use the extension given to us by the judge to continue to gather signatures.
So the democratically controlled city government of Atlanta that is predominantly African-American is trying to use the same GOP tactics used against Stacey Abrams against the cop city petition. That That is, that's really exactly right. out of control. Yeah. That's really, and obviously, as you said, they fought that in terms of dealing with the Republicans. So where we are right now is apparently that the city's not gonna count the petitions yet. So you would argue, and the movement would argue, that's ridiculous, they should go ahead and start acknowledging the petitions and accepting them, one. Two, you all have asked, if I'm not mistaken, you've asked the court to, take this out of limbo and make a decision, right? Yes. We want the court to make a final decision. We've also demanded that city council, which again has the, well, which also has the power to create a referendum without collecting any signatures, that at this stage where they've seen well over a hundred thousand signatures gathered and collected, that they take it upon themselves to initiate the ballot initiative so that it could be on the November ballot so that the larger Atlanta public can vote on Cop City. There is nothing that prevents the city council from doing this. They've seen the power of the referendum process in particular of one that has collected over 116, I want to keep saying that, 116,000 signatures. Those are more signatures collected than the amount of people who voted for Mayor Dickens, the mayor of Atlanta. In fact, there are more signatures collected than the total amount of people who voted in the last mayoral election. So we think we're on firm ground to say that through their own created democratic process of referendums and gathering petitions and having the democratic process work, that they should go ahead and use their power to enact a referendum to allow people to make this decision as opposed to using methods and means, which are only highlighting the ways in which they continually use non-democratic methods to stop and stifle and criminalize the Stop Cop City movement. Well, you, Brother Kamal, you just explained it right there. They, they, they're, there are more signatures than voters for the, pres for the mayor and for those who actually voted in the election itself. Yeah, y'all have done something there. That's pretty damning in terms of this. And I think that foretells what's going to happen on the ballot. So now you've asked city councilors, and some have come forward to say they're willing to put on the ballot. I think even some mm -hmm. who voted for Cop City say that they still feel the Democratic thing to do is to put it on the ballot, right? Yes, yeah. So it hasn't necessarily been a majority. There's a lot of behind the scenes conversations happening, depending on what day or what hour you ask, because you hear different stories about the intention of the Atlanta City Council. Speaking for myself and not the coalition, I don't trust the members of the City Council because they've so far done nothing that shows their interest in having a democratic process and letting people decide. But if at this late date, they come around to reality, and the understanding that this coalition, which is formed to stop coalition, which is much larger than even this referendum process, has not only been campaigning and petition gathering and signature gathering and 
organizing town halls and rallies and demonstrations that a real block has been created of organizers and activists of a left bent to challenge city officials and to continue to do grassroots organizing on these type of policy issues into the distant future. Our ultimate goal is to break the Atlanta way where politicians, particularly at this stage, black politicians, team up with Republicans and team up with corporate leaders and developers to decide the future of Atlanta. And that future has taken us to a place where Atlanta is no longer majority black. It has gone from 60% black to 49% black. Gentrification is rampant. A city where homeless people are forced out of Atlanta with a one-way bus ticket. A city which is still has the highest rate of income inequality in the country. All of this under this municipal black leadership, which has decided to, instead of having democratic process or caring about the conditions of working class and poor black people in Atlanta, have done everything possible to chase them out of the city and to turn it over to corporate and development interest. No, that's very important. This is the cradle of the civil rights movement, if not the cradle of, of black self-determination and democracy in the modern era when it comes to voting and everything else. Brother Kamal, let me make an observation and I want you to critique it for me. What I've noticed in the past few times I've been in Atlanta, just in the past couple of years, folks want to build Cop City, you're right. Atlanta in the terms of the homelessness on the streets ain't far behind LA, number one, everywhere. It's pervasive, y'all. One, two, downtown to me looks like a ghost town. Am I wrong about that? I remember when Atlanta was bustling and there was business and all that. And I know we coming out of COVID, but COVID's now, we about a couple of years now out of COVID. Nothing, so I'm trying to figure out what are they doing? What is this development? If I'm the mayor of Atlanta, I think if you and I were the mayor, we'd be worried, wait a minute, how are we gonna bring some activity? Because somebody told me that all the, the convention business and everything has, don't wanna come to Atlanta anymore. Folks wanna go to Nashville now. And we know Nashville is predominantly white, we get that. But Atlanta's not even in the mix in terms of competing with business. It literally looks empty downtown. Mm -hmm. am, I, am I wrong about that? No, you're completely correct. There are areas that were built up years ago that have fallen on disrepair, in which they're no longer inviting places for folks to come and gather and hang out and or a shop and the rest of it. Atlanta has busily tried to market itself as the new home for corporate headquarters, corporate 500 company headquarters. And it is more interested, and again, in turning over real estate and land to these developers and making spaces for them to bring their companies and bring their employees and to chase out the very people who made Atlanta what it was. That is far more of the interest in having a vibrant city that is welcoming to all, particularly the people who again, helped build it in the first place, and particularly the people who allowed these mayors and these city council people to serve in the first place. I didn't mention all public housing in Atlanta has been knocked down and destroyed. They replaced it with a voucher system that the landlords are not even required to accept the vouchers. So Atlanta's truly, you talked about Los Angeles, Atlanta's goal seems to be to turn itself into a Seattle, into a San Francisco, where there's a huge disparity between the haves and have nots, and where the haves are mostly a white, upper middle class contingent of people who work for large corporations, whether they're tech companies or other companies of the ilk, 
and where poor working class people, particularly poor working class black people, are allowed to come in Atlanta and work. But by sundown, there's no need to be in Atlanta anymore. And so we basically are replacing a historical racially divided sundown city, which now is replacing it with one that is now both racially and class-based. Whereas if you can't afford to live in the inner city, then you can come, you can be a waiter or a waitress, you could be a delivery person. But when your shift is over, you are expected to leave the city and only to return again when your shift starts back. Because otherwise, you're going to be under the threat of arrest. The other damning statistic about Atlanta is as the city has continued to gentrify and it's only 49% Black, again, from 60%, still 90% of those arrested and incarcerated in Atlanta filling up the Fulton County Jail are Black people. The Fulton County Jail, which once a month has a death happen in its cells, and it is now considered the most dangerous jail in the country. You mentioned something earlier. I don't want to make another observation I'd like for you to respond to. You mentioned breaking the Atlanta way. Doesn't the Atlanta way include, you got black elected officials. So because they're black, we can't hold them accountable. We got a black mayor. He must be right. We got to support these black elected officials on, on all costs, even when they're dead wrong. Is that not also part of the backwards Atlanta way? Yeah. That is definitely part of the Atlanta way. The Atlanta way is definitely the idea that these elected officials, once elected and using their blackness to get elected, will therefore that come back and work for the larger community. That was supposed to be the expectation, right? That they would serve the interests of the larger black community. They've since used their sort of the representation politics as a way to get votes. But again, these Atlanta Black officials have been beholden to corporate interests and they've been beholden to developer interests. And so part of the historical Atlanta way, one, you mentioned it being the cradle of the civil rights movement. Even when we speak about it as that, we also have to remember that there were important figures who came from Atlanta, but the civil rights movement in a lot of ways bypassed Atlanta because agreements were struck to say that we don't want sit-ins here. And so instead of having sit-ins, we will give you some resources for segregated housing, but we don't want you to bring that over here. And when the time came where Atlanta became majority Black and segregation was officially over, these same deal makers said then to the new Black elected officials, you can ostensibly run the city, but again, you should only serve the interests of the developers and the corporate interests. And we have ways to make sure you do that, right? We have places like Buckhead in upper Atlanta and northern Atlanta, which threaten to break away if they don't get more police. We have bond ratings or bond rating companies that threaten to lower bond ratings if they don't get their way. We have corporations that threaten to move out and take their workers with them if they don't get their way. We have Republican state senators and representatives and governors that threaten harsh penalties on Atlanta if it doesn't follow the way. So there's no, there's no getting around the fact that there is ways in which the white elite in particular makes sure that Atlanta never becomes a real black Mecca in the sense that resources are distributed, poor and working class people have a life there. But the thing that's most hurtful is that for the most part, 
black elected officials have willingly, for their own personal gain, gone along with this regime and have never challenged it whatsoever. In fact, we're now at a point, now shut up after this, we're now at a point where the so-called liberal black democratic mayor has teamed up with the white, the right-wing white supremacist governor to bring upon the charges of domestic terrorism and RICO charges amongst organizers and activists in Atlanta. So that's where we are in terms of Atlanta and the Atlanta way in terms of these black politicians. The, the RICO charges, I'm glad you reminded me of that. These are people who are some of the Stop Cop City demonstrators, correct? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's almost as if, it's almost as somebody decided, well, if Donald Trump's in RICO, we gotta find some black folk to put RICO on too. But what is the racketeering? They were involved in demonstrations to stop Cop City. How was that? Mm -hmm. For the for, and so these charges were brought by the Attorney General of the state of Georgia. Right. In his indictment, he says the day that the criminal racketeering conspiracy began was the day that George Floyd was murdered by the police. So he equates the beginning of a racketeering enterprise as the day that the movement against police terror and violence re-energized itself off of a tragic killing and started mobilizing all across the country, including Atlanta. That is the date that he traces the beginning of the criminal conspiracy, not the date where people started to find out about Cop City. Because up in 2020, when folks were organizing against the killing of George Floyd, no one heard of Cop City. Cop City was not on the public realm or, or was even introduced at that time. But he introduced in his own indictment the day that the conspiracy began was the day that George Floyd was killed and a movement was re-energized and or reborn. So that's the type of thing that we're dealing with here is that these politicians, both at the state level and city level, and this is this Chris Carr is obviously doing this for his own political gain. Anyone who's read the indictment, any attorney that has read the indictment has looked bewildered at the very least at the way the indictment is written at the way the indictment speaks about the ideas of anarchism, about the way the indictment speaks about the ideas of solidarity and or mutual aid. It conflates a whole bunch of things, basically to say that any organizing activity, including passing out flyers around Stop Cop City is a criminal enterprise. So even the people who started the petition drive are potentially liable, criminally liable, under this theory of law that says that a criminal enterprise is really an organizing enterprise to stop cops. Unbelievable. Lastly, is there any truth to the hypothesis that the governor, and, and it troubles me, a lot of black folk, well, not a lot, but a few, Andre Dickens, Killer Mike, they want to be cozy with this dude and help him reform or rehabilitate himself as some type of moderate Republican. But be that as it may, is any truth that there was a deal cut that the, the, the governor said to the mayor of Atlanta, I'll shut down Buckhead secession in exchange for you, mayor of Atlanta, pushing Cop City? Was, was, do you have any knowledge? Of whether, is that accurate? No, that's completely accurate. In fact, there's emails that were discovered in open records request, which basically say that much and more that the governor basically applauded the mayor for his role in policing in Atlanta 
and said, because he's done a good job, right? The governor basically saying, you've done a good job for us, that he will do what he can, or he will stifle the attempt by the Republicans in Buckhead to call for an independent city. And so he stifled the legislation when the state government was in session. The governor personally stifled the legislation for Buckhead to become an independent city. And so that is the, an exchange that is taking place. Now, to be clear, the mayor was already for Cop City, but the governor gave an, an extra incentive basically by saying, you've done your job and that's good. And now I will help you and do my job of stopping Buckhead from attempting to become an independent city. Amazing. Kamal Franklin, tell our audience, Atlantans who are listening and watching, and people around the country who are listening and watching, what they can do to help this movement to stop Cop City and get involved in stopping Cop City. Folks can go to communitymovementbuilders.org. On, on our website, we have a list of things that people can do from all across the country. Everything from the simple task of calling city officials here in Atlanta, the mayor's office, individual council people, demanding that they put this referendum up for a vote by, by passing a resolution to make the referendum something that happened this November. We have the list of corporations and developers. We are attempting to continue on with our divestment campaign. So you, so folks calling these corporations and developers and telling them to stop supporting the building out of Cop City. People can do demonstrations, rallies, civil disobedience, banner drops, whatever is, is within their power to do to get Cop City off the table are the things that we want them to do. And we give them various methods and means to do so at the website, communitymovementbuilders.org. Folks, check it out, communitymovementbuilders.org. This will not be obviously the last you hear about this movement. This is an, an ongoing struggle. Before I go though, just want to play out a scenario. The, the 11th Circuit's got to make a decision. It would seem to me the only logical choice, even if they don't want to honor the extension, would be to say the petitions gathered by the time of the August 21st deadline, and I'm not saying that that's an ideal situation, but seems to me that's the, the worst they could do. Otherwise, you put us in a situation where you're saying, we never intended to honor any of these petitions. We gave you an extension. We'd shut down the extension. There's a little trick in there. Now that we've shut down the extension, you missed the original extension, so everything's thrown out. Then you got to go to the Supreme Court. That's really the only thing they can do. You would hope that is the logical thing that we would ask them to do. But this is a right-wing controlled appellate court. Two of the judges are Trump appointees. So we don't know whether or not they will take a narrow view of the referendum process and make a decision on the five points that were originally directed to them, which was having residents outside of Atlanta be able to gather petitions and the extension of the petition time. They could do that, or they could take a broad view of make some larger decision on the actual referendum themselves. We just do not know that at this particular stage. So I don't want to be clear, this referendum strategy is extremely important but it is by no means the only strategy and or tactic that's been employed to stop Cop City. And so if it happens that they try to shut down the referendum process, 
the struggle to end Cop City will not be shut down with it. It will continue to be a struggle to stop Cop City here in Atlanta. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Can't stop, won't stop until we stop Cop City. That's, that's what we're going to do, folks. Communitymovementbuilders.org. I'm involved. Everybody's involved. There's much more to come from this. And, and speaking of George Floyd, folks, we... It, it makes no sense. All we did in that year of reckoning for something like this to go down right in our faces. This is a test for the movement. Everybody who calls themselves an ally of this movement, everybody jumped on the bandwagon. Oh, reckoning, reckoning, reckoning. Uh-uh. You got to be about this life right here, right now. And Kamala's right. We, we got to do more in terms of this corporate accountability. These corporations must be held accountable for whatever their role is funding cop city through the atlanta police foundation okay so that's what we're about stay tuned for more communitymovementbuilders.org kamal franklin thank you brother thanks for having me i appreciate it thanks for getting woke and listening to make it plain as always perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her himself incarcerated Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.